0: Fed heads, you're tuned in to another episode of Sharing Our Pairings. This is Sharing Our Pairings, episode 120, Warfighter Tobacco. Goodbye, Surgeon, part one. It's the Surgeon Farewell, farewell Tour. Uh, Sharing Our Pairings is broadcast on cigarfederation.com and broadcast live on Facebook. You can tune in after the show at YouTube. Thanks to all our YouTube listeners who had some patience with us a couple weeks ago there. We had some technology issues that took a few days to resolve. Thanks to all our podcast listeners out there, wherever you are stationed in the world, and of course, all our Armed Forces Radio Network listeners. This show seems relevant to you as you're stationed around the world. We talk about a company founded by veterans. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Trippy Trent. Trippy, what's going on, buddy?
1: How you doing, bud?
0: Seems like it's Um, been a hot minute.
1: Yeah, it does. Uh, I guess we, yeah, you kind of took a week off, I guess, and we didn't have sharing our pairings last week, but we did have... uh, Cigar chat. Um, but you're with, back with for now. With none other
0: than Phil Zang, the, the debonair man himself.
1: Oh, yeah. And he's he's always a great show. I just love talking to that guy. Talked a little boxing. Uh, if anybody who's watched the boxing, you know, those three big fights that have happened in the last, like, month and a half, um, listen to that Phil Zangy show and, and hear his thoughts.
0: Dropping some knowledge bombs.
1: Yep. He knows what he's talking about.
0: Yeah, I was about uh, seven hours north in Grand Prairie, Alberta, doing a store conversion. We had a store that was sold to a new owner, and uh, that store we were converting over to the uh, to the new owner, and uh, yeah, that was, you know, a fun four days of 17 hours a day. And uh, anywho, I'm back uh, smoking cigars and pairing as we are wont to do. I mean, that's the whole purpose of this show is, you know, drinking, smoking.
1: Oh, yeah. Not always alcohol,
0: oh, yeah. but many times.
1: Most of the time. Most Most of
0: the time. time. So we're smoking something that's uh, new to us, but not new to the market. It's a company, I think, now I'm trying to remember who turned us on, Warfighter, because I think there was a few people that said, uh, you got to go talk to these guys in the booth. It's right up your alley. They're uh, all veterans, Armed Forces uh, veterans, and uh, they started up a cigar company. Got to go talk to them. And I I feel like uh, like, uh, Dave from the cigar authority told us uh i feel like there was a bunch of manufacturers that told us yeah. and so they're like yeah man of course we'll go talk to these guys over at uh, warfighter and uh, yeah
1: yeah it turned out to be a uh, first a really interesting story um it's six veterans who are i think five out of the six are retired one of them is still active uh and they kind of decided that you know when you're deployed Smoking a cigar is kind of a getaway and I mean, I haven't been deployed or anything, but it sounds like really anybody who's deployed has had that moment where it's like, hey, somebody sent us some cigars and then you sit down, uh, you know, with your team and enjoy a cigar and just kind of have a a little bit of time to yourself to kind of relax. Um, and they always really appreciated that, but they felt like they wanted a cigar that was marketed towards those people. Uh, uh, so they made it.
0: And the booth was really cool. It was obviously uh, Armed Forces themed.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: if uh, they had some footage, uh, armed, for- armed Forces footage playing. And if I remember right, I'm sure I'm going to get this wrong, the details wrong. But they got a Best in Booth award. And I think it was Best Small Booth. Was I believe so,
1: yeah. Uh, best Small they're, Booth, yeah. uh, The Small Booth is between one and four booths, which is like slots. Everything is arranged by booths. Um, And, you know, you have anywhere between one and like, I don't know, 30 or 40 booths, uh, which is just the amount of floor space you're taking up. But small was between one and four. Um, And I think they got best new small booth.
0: And I mean, going into the booth, I think they had a really nice design where it was uh, sort of a half crescent, if you will. Uh, they had sections but it wasn't it wasn't blocked off so it had a more open feel and i think when you have a more open feel at the ipcpr especially i think that gives your booth a feeling of being much bigger than it is because yeah. you know they call it a small booth i don't know that it really felt that small to me i mean it was pretty packed they had a lot of product on display uh, credit to them i mean they hopped you know we walked in the booth and they were like right on top of us talking so you know i know we walked into a few booths in the ipcpr and the reaction was maybe a little delayed definitely not a case of warfighter tobacco
1: yeah and they're a they're not a super new they're very new in terms of cigars um and this was their first show but they've been around for about a year uh well actually about a year and three months now that the ipcpr is three months ago uh, and they started off as just a direct-to-consumer site uh, where they were buy they would buy a batch of cigars. They would sell out on their website, buy a batch of cigars. And then now they've kind of got the, uh, the pipeline for actual cigar production, and they're working on getting into B&Ms now.
0: And I, I think they don't know, but being in the industry, you're not supposed to respond to emails right away. Uh, when someone sends an inquiry to <laughs> you, yeah. you're supposed to take a day or two, maybe a week to get back. Uh, so you know, these guys really got to work on it because you sent them an email, uh, before the show, just to clarify some details and they were back to you right away. So, you know, if the warfighter guys are tuned in, you get, you got to cut that out. Like you gotta, you gotta wait like two days to respond. You know, you gotta be super busy. Yeah. I'm just just kidding.
1: They're going to mess up expectations for everybody.
0: Can't do that. You gotta, you gotta keep the expectations low, you know, exceed the expectations, but keep the expectations low. Um, now we are smoking, uh, now I guess, so this is my first warfighter. Have you smoked any of the warfighters from the
1: show? No, this is my first one too.
0: Okay. So, I'm just kind of monitoring the um the rain output here to see whether I need to uh whether I need to uh cover my my laptop. I'm kind of getting sprinkled on here. So, uh in the interest of not short-circuiting electronics, I think I might have to uh, deploy some <laughs> rain protection as they say. Uh so we're smoking the we're both smoking the Garrison, correct?
1: Yes. The okay. Garrison 556. Five, so they 556. Five, they have basically six different blends um they have two lines so their first line is the field which i don't have one here with me uh but they've got kind of a simple brown and tan band that has this kind of logo on it um and then on the side it says which blend it is uh which uh i mean gun guys are gonna think this is cool i think it's cool they named all of their uh their blends after NATO rounds. So this is the 556. Five, uh, then they've also got the 762 and the 50 BMG.
0: 762 when you absolutely just need to blow somebody up. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <sighs> uh, but so they've got the field version, which has kind of the more simple band, and then the garrison version, which is like the, you know, the, uh, I don't it's know like, what exactly, it's like, like the dress blues. I yeah guess. it's
0: like your dress uniform rather than your field uniform you gotta look you gotta look fancy and presentable I'm just gonna uh, pardon me the I don't know whether I want to protect my electronics here or whether I want to protect my whiskey but uh either way we're gonna be doing this uh this episode one armed at least for a little bit um because right. you know that's just how we roll uh, so uh first of all I just want to say the band. Is not really representative of a company that is kind of putting out their their well, like you say, they're direct to consumers, but really not what I expect out of a company that's at their first IPCPR. I mean, these are these are sharp looking bands. They got well, we yeah. held them up, but you know, they got that nice they're reflective. they kind of hard
1: to see on camera, though. A little bit hard to see. So shiny,
0: very shiny. So you can very, check that out shiny. at the show page at cigarfederation.com. But com. Um, but you caught you you tricked me up because uh, we're talking blend. Before the show, and uh, I went zero for three on my guesses you uh, did. so maybe drop some drops some knowledge bombs because this i mean certainly the rapper tobacco caught me by surprise uh, the presentation the the performance out of the uh, out of the atoll the out of the um Flavor profile out of the wrapper, that's what I mean to say. This is what happens when I don't sleep for a week. Uh, the the flavor performance does not match up what I was expecting when you dropped the knowledge bomb of what the wrapper
1: was. It, it is actually reaching a point for me now where it's matching up with what my expectations would be. But uh-huh. the the wrapper is Nicaraguan Corojo, uh, the binder is undisclosed Nicaraguan, and the filler is Nicaraguan and Honduran. Uh, but I, I think I'm starting to get some of that, like, that creamy... Uh, but kind of delicate spice that you get from Nicaraguan Corojo. Not super yeah, when it's spicy, but it's got it's definitely got some spice there.
0: Yeah, when you said Nicaraguan Corojo, I mean, first of all, if you look at if you look at the cigar, I mean I'm I think just my experience with Nicaraguan Corojo is typically I see a lot of really dark Nicaraguan Corojo. Like I would say that Nicaraguan Corojo I'm used to is it's I mean it's gotta be like two shades darker than this, yeah, at least a usually. full shade darker than this. And the performance right off the start Uh, I was, what was I saying? I was, I was like, well, this is clearly Ecuadorian because it's, you know, super creamy. Um, you know, I didn't really get that spice until the cigar settled in. And I think that's kind of nice because, you know, there's so many cigars now that are kind of front loaded with that spice. So you light it up and, you know, don't get me wrong. I love spice. I'm a spice fiend. I absolutely love spice. But especially with Nicaraguan wrapper, I was kind of anticipating uh, a blend that would punch you right in the mouth immediately. And that's not really the performance at all. You get that really subtle creaminess. And, you know, like you said, the the spice is kind of coming through in the retro. But now, because we're probably, what, 15, 20 minutes in, yeah. and the uh, spice is starting to
1: starting to Yeah, play. it's kind of just starting to ramp up. And I did notice, we were talking about this before the show. Um, now, they don't disclose the factory, but they do say they're handmade in Esteli. Um, obviously, a Nicaraguan factory. Um, makes sense. And and it does say here that they are blended by David Blanco. I wasn't sure if that was uh if that was marketing knowledge or not uh nice. or something they were keeping a secret. But they these are blended by none other than David Blanco of Blanco Cigars.
0: Which we also had an interview with at the show. Actually, you know what? That I think that was the other guy. Uh David when we were doing the interview with mm-hmm. David, he said you got to go talk to the warfighter guys and we were like, "Hey David, you know, no offense, but we got those guys on day 1." Uh, here we are seeing yeah. you on day two, so we. I mean, we kind of. I don't know if that's backwards or not, but uh, he was happy that we, you know, went and talk and, and it is. A, it is a struggle for us to get all the booths we want to get in the show. Oh yeah, I think we were really happy to get the Warfighter guys in day one. I'm sure their uh, their week picked up, and probably by day three, it would have been really tough to get into their booth.
1: Yeah, I think day three and day four they were probably slammed because they won the best in show
0: uh-huh. award. So, I mean, I'm starting to get. This really, really nice cocoa. It took a while to develop for me. And I think maybe it was hidden underneath the spice and the, and the creaminess, but it's got this really nice subtle cocoa. Um, The spice, I think you were kind of talking about it, kind of little reminiscent of, of the old uh, Don Pepin blacks. Yeah. um, Where it's, it's not that overpowering spice. It's that, you know, that nice zippy spice where it just kind of matches the strength of the creaminess. And I mean, so far so good. We're only you know an inch into the cigar, and I was already asking you like what the MSRP on these bad boys was because I was like, well, this is probably a cigar I would I would pick up. And wh- what was the, what was the what were these bad boys going for? It's uh, got to be it's got to it, be like a 12 twelve dollar
1: cigar, right? It, it's about eight fifty. Eight fifty. Yeah, it's it's pretty reasonable, I think. That's pretty uh, reasonable. I mean, you can let me. I'm I'm on their website right now, and you can get a. Five pack of these for forty five bucks or a bundle of twenty for one eighty
0: that's I mean that's super reasonable. I think you tend to see a lot of boutique companies especially with their initial line if they don't have a factory if they're if they're being produced through another factory eight fifty is a tough price point to meet I think most mm-hmm. of the boutique stuff I've seen has been i want to say north of ten bucks it's certainly nine fifty so I think you know I don't know if they're just Maybe they're just not making enough money on these cigars, but 850 seems like a, like a a decent deal when price points these days are well over the $10 mark, especially for Badiq company.
1: I I would speculate that part of that is because of the direct consumer model, because that way you're not, you don't have to build in keystone pricing and stuff. You don't have wholesale prices to worry about. That's true. Um, so, so you're getting a little, a little more meat on the bone. Cutting cutting out those
0: fat cat middlemen. Yeah. Always, always get uh, their hand in your pocket. And,
1: and, I mean, I would have to imagine that they'll be about the same price at retail. Um, I, I just haven't seen them at retail anywhere yet. So, um,
0: I mean, we're kind of early in the show, but it's it's warfightertobacco.com, correct?
1: I believe so. Let me just double check. Uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I was looking War, at their website. Warfightertobacco.com.
0: Warfighter. Tobacco. So, uh, I mean, they've got a they've got a lot of cigars. They've got, they've got what I would consider to be a fairly fleshed-out portfolio. Um, we've got a Connecticut that i'm kind of kind of stoked frankly to uh to smoke uh i think i'm gonna sit down and do a review hopefully get that in before my my departure date um yeah it's a good cigar so far i'm kind of ex- i mean I'm a- i've been kind of cheating and yeah. kind of pairing it with some of the whiskey already um just because you know it's been it's been that kind of couple weeks that i need a little bit of whiskey here i'm just going to undeploy my oh, good. umbrella there because i think uh at least for the time being we're good. Hopefully it uh, doesn't look like any of my whiskeys are diluted. That's what I was, you know, electronics second, whiskey first. So everything seems to be <laughs> all right. And uh, I think maybe what we should do is uh, just take a quick break and hear from our sponsor and we'll come back and uh, talk about our talk about our pairings. What do you think? Sure. All right. Giddy up brought to you by Gurkha Cigars. Gurkha Cigars, makers of the world's finest cigars. Try the 93 rated heritage featuring Rosado, Ecuador, and Havana wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and Dominican, Pennsylvania, and Nicaraguan fillers. Blended by Gurkha's blending team at American Caribbean Cigars. It's hand-rolled Nicaraguan available in 35 count boxes. Talk to your local B&M about the heritage today or talk to them about other fine Gurkha cigars. Whatever your taste preferences, Gurkha has a cigar that's right for you. You're tuned into Shangri Pranks, episode 120, Warfighter Tobacco. This is the goodbye surgeon tour because uh, I am departing. More about that later in the show. Right now, we just want to focus on these delicious cigars from Warfighter Tobacco. And Trippy, you said uh, they just they just can't keep engaged enough. Uh, apparently, they are watching the show. Which uh, thanks very much for tuning into our show and uh, had some had some little nuggets, some tidbits. Yeah, some uh, Scott bits.
1: Jansen from Warfighter. Uh, he, he's who we interviewed. Uh, during the first part of our interview at uh, IPCPR this year, uh, he has a couple little nuggets of knowledge. the The award they won was best new exhibitor. Nice. Uh, so you know the best best company that hasn't had a booth before. Uh, he says the the five five six pairs very well with terrorists. Uh, meaning, I would of course, think. Meaning of course the rounds, not the cigars. That's uh, right. You get uh, it.
0: You yeah. know, introduce some uh, some bad guys to five five sixes, and that's uh, that's what we like to call in sharing our pairings a party.
1: <laughs> uh, uh he and he says they are made in the Placencia factory and they will go to retail in october of this year so you got nice. you got just about a month before you're gonna start seeing these popping up at retail
0: so i mean we almost timed this show like we knew what we were doing really
1: yeah even even though we didn't it's almost like we did
0: no, there's no, there's no conspiracy. It's purely by accident. Um, so the, uh, I don't know about the 5.56, because I've only fired off in my life a couple, a uh, couple hundred rounds of 5.56, and certainly not on deployment because, uh, you know, Canadians, we're too busy making friends. And I'm not, I'm not good enough to be, uh, to be in the military in the, in the Canadians. So instead I'm going to pair this delicious uh, warfighter tobacco with some whiskey. And uh, it looks again, you, you think we did this on purpose. We we both had the same idea Got to yeah. go thank Glenn Rothis. Um, I love Glenn Rothis. Uh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, this is a bottle that I featured, I think, once or twice on the show. I'll hold that up for audience. I, I think for, I
1: actually had a uh, a dram of that that you gave me a couple I weeks think, ago.
0: I think you did. Um, so this was a dram that, the, and uh, uh, kind of bury the lead. It's the Glenn Rothis 1975. This is, in fact, a 30 year old Glenn Rothis and this was a bottle that i bought uh some time ago to celebrate moving industries uh i'd moved uh, from an industry a telecommunications industry into oil and gas and to celebrate that i bought the uh glenrothes 1975 so this bottle's uh, a couple years old now but uh i use uh, sort of the wine uh, nitrogen spray to keep the uh the whiskey uh, fresh as it were keep it from uh from aging with the oxygen mm-hmm. um but it's delicious. Uh, I'll I'll not steal your thunder on the Glenrothes. So I'll maybe touch on uh, some of the key points of the distillery after you're done. But the uh, 1975, so it was, uh, distilled in 1975, bottled in 2006 in March. Uh, 3,708 bottles produced, which is actually a lot for a 30 year old whiskey. I kind of would have expected the numbers to be in the like three four hundred range. So they obviously had a few casks of this, or I don't know, whatever. Uh, happily. Bottled at forty-three percent ABV, thank goodness. Uh, hold that up. I mean, the color here isn't really going to tell you much in an older whiskey. Uh, it's kind of a, I'd say, like a dull gold, almost approaching maybe a, a dull bronze. Um, noses is beautifully. It's got like orange zest, vanilla, toffee notes. I mean, just a little bit of chocolate underneath that. It, it's a delightful dram. Um, yeah. So, uh, what do you got? Uh, what do you got uh, queued up in uh, number one slot tonight?
1: I hadn't really noticed the citrus. Uh, there's definitely some like lemon and orange zest in the nose there. Uh, Uh, so the Glenn Rothfuss that I'm drinking came out of this little bottle because I don't have an entire bottle of it. Uh, but it is the 1988. It was distilled in 1988 and barreled in a, a mixture of Spanish and American oak barrels. Nice. Uh, then bottled in 2011, which makes 23 years old. Um, also clocking in at 43 ABV. Um, and I don't have a lot of information about the Glenrothes distillery, but I know that they were founded in 1878. And as I think I talked about last time I talked about them, they have a very storied history of uh, kind of they've, – they've learned some lessons in how you should handle overproof whiskey because they've had a couple buildings burned down. They've had a few explosions there. Um, they, they've just not had a great uh, couple of centuries as far as whiskey goes.
0: It's true and and this is um this is a space side distillery in fact most of the whiskeys I'm pairing tonight are are from the Spey region uh they use the ladies well as their water source uh, they're a pretty big producer, uh, just under 5.6 uh, million liters of spirit. Uh, that's 1.48 freedom gallons, 1.48 million freedom gallons for all the freedom listeners out there. Um, and they're not really known for Age Statement whiskey. It's kind of funny because they're both drinking uh, what we've really considered to be sort of the premier uh, Age Statement releases at the head. We were talking offline in yeah. the 1988 um that was kind of one of the first bottles i bought of Glenrothes of of sort of their aged range because first of all it's exceptional second of all if you see it on the shelf uh you got to grab it because i mean it's just a phenomenal release the 1991 was also really really good but the 88 was just exceptional of course the 1975 is is amazing but that's not really what they're known for. They do what they call vintage releases, which is essentially a vintage release of that year of whiskey. Um, so it's a no age statement typically. And then when you buy a bottle of Glenrothes, it's got a mixture of of different age statements of whiskey, and as such, it doesn't have doesn't carry an age statement. Um, I, I mean, Glenrothes for me is is a, is a whiskey drinker's whiskey. Uh, it's it's approachable. It's subtle, but don't let subtlety confuse you with a lack of depth of flavor because it's, it's one of those whiskeys that you do have to reach a little bit for. You have to really put some effort into paying attention to the flavor profile because it's just, it's so nuanced. It's so subtle. Um, this 75 is kind of one of those ones where you got to take a few sips and come back to it five or 10 minutes later to really let your palate pick up the nuances because, uh, you you don't want to slam a 30 year old whiskey.
1: No. Yeah. It's a very complex whiskey. Um, It's kind of hard to pick out the flavors. There's some, I can't pick out what it is. It's almost like, again, I always come back, like with Scotch, I always come back to the the descriptions that sound Uh just awful, uh, which is kind of like wood varnish. It reminds me a little of like wood varnish. But again, as I always say, in a good way, not like, not taking a sip out of wood varnish, but just kind of a little bit of that essence, Um, if you've ever like, smelled wood varnish and there's that little part of it that smells good it's that part
0: for me uh again and and i think you hit it the it's got kind of a both of these have i think some definitely some orange and some lemon Um, Mm uh very subtle because i think those are two citrusy flavors that can be very overpowering but it's just kind of there it's just that really core citrus component without being sharp without being bitter what I find really interesting is that when I take a sip of this Glenrothes 1975 and then take a retrohale off the uh, the 556 Warfighter Garrison, I get a lot of that cocoa that when I wasn't taking a sip of the whiskey, the, the cocoa was maybe buried a little bit, like I kind of had to reach for the flavors. But when I take a sip of the whiskey, kind of let my palate clear for a second and then take a retrohale of Garrison, uh, I mean, it's just a, it's just a wonderful dark chocolate cocoa chocolate uh, and the spices really pushed aside, which I find surprising. Like maybe the sweetness in this Glenrothes is kind of, uh, pushing, pushing that sweetness aside, which I'm, I dig cause chocolate, Hey man, chocolate in a cigar. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. And, and I get a little bit of like almost a berry flavor, like maybe cherry or not cherry, maybe kind of like a, maybe more like raspberry on the retrohale, just kind of a little bit of that sweetness, uh, from like raspberry preserves.
0: I could see that. Um, I do get, um, and again, I think, you know, we're talking, interestingly enough, even though, like I said, Nicaraguan Corojo, very nuanced, I get a little bit of a, like a toasted wood quality, like a toasted oak quality at the end of the uh, retrohale. It's quite subtle. Definitely. Um, it, it doesn't have a drying mouthfeel, which I do find some cigars that have a, a woody component tend to bring a, a drying mouthfeel, which I'm not a big fan of. But instead, this is just that nice toasted quality, and then it just, it kind of, kind of disappears and you're left with um really that sweetness from the tobacco. Um yeah man, man, this is props to them. This is a good cigar.
1: Yeah, this is a solid cigar.
0: I'm kinda I kinda don't want to move on from my Glenrothes nineteen seventy
1: five. Me, me neither, but I also don't want to finish drinking it.
0: <laughs> Come back to this in a little bit. Um I mean this is just this is a great pairing. This is um I think I, I aimed well uh without really knowing the specs and the flavor performance of the cigar. Um you know broken clock is right twice a twice a day and uh I managed to pull one out of the fire here this this is a great pairing uh sadly it is time to move on and I'm kind of going in a random direction here I'm going with an independent bottler and I had to crack this bottle um because you know Ooh. I just I have bottles that I just just don't open cuz I don't know what my problem is so this is from one of the oldest independent bottlers in fact not one of the oldest indepo- independent bottlers in uh, in Scotland, this is the, uh, Cadenhead small batch. This is uh, bought from, uh, uh, my local, uh, bottle place that I love and adore Kensington wine market. And this is a 24 year old. Now, uh, this is kind of one of those great, great independent bottlers. They bottle a cask strength. They do not accept, uh, chill filtration whiskeys. They do not accept, uh, colored whiskeys. It's gotta be naturally, uh, non Non chill, non chill filtered and and uh, not colored. So it's just whatever's in the cask, out of the cask into the bottle. Uh, it's not brought down to any amount. It's whatever it is in the cask. This one happens to be uh, fifty four point four percent. So it's a little bit of a heater compared to the nineteen seventy five. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a little bit more intense. Um, so Cadenhead actually goes back to eighteen forty two as an independent bottler and I've heard a few stories uh when I was at a whiskey tasting and I'll tell those after um but they're currently owned by JNA Mitchell and Company who are also the owners of Springbank Distillery. Um Cadenhead changed hands a couple times. interestingly enough JNA Mitchell is actually a uh yeah I'll, I'll get into that later. Um but but essentially like I said Cadenhead their absolute specialty is just, you know, Absolute amazing single cask, uh, whiskeys, non-shell filtered. Um, this one was distilled 1991 bottled in 2016. Uh, only four 400, 486 bottles produced. Now, again, wow. that's probably as a result of the fact that it's being bottled at cask strength. Uh, and if you look at the color, it's, I mean, it's really washed out. It's really got a, a really light, light straw color. Um, Woo, but you know that bad boy, and you, you know you're dealing with a big, big whiskey here. Um, so this comes from the Tamdu distillery originally. Uh Tamdu was founded in 1986. Again, it's a space we distillery, kind of keeping it within the Spayer region. Uh, they produce a, a reasonable amount, 4.5 million uh, uh science units, science liters of spirit, which is uh just under 1.2 million freedom gallons. That's a lot of gallons. I'm gonna take some sippies and let you have uh, a word about your second pairing of the night.
1: Uh so my second pairing is uh, all three of my pairings are from John this week. Uh so my second one is Glen Goyne, Glen Goiny, Glen Goyne, yeah. Glen Goyne, uh cask strength. Uh they're interesting because they were founded in 1833, which is pretty old but not pretty old. I mean, not not one of the oldest. Um and they are in Dumgoyne north of Glasgow. And the really unique thing about them is that they distill all their whiskey in the highlands, but they're right on the edge. They're right on the border of the highlands and the lowlands. Um, So their distillery is actually in the highlands. Their warehouse where they age all the whiskey is actually in the lowlands. Um, And they use absolutely no peat in anything that they make. Um, This is their cask strength offering, which they describe as rich, peppery, and fruity um and they call it Scotland's slowest distillation. I'm not I'm not sure exactly what that means. I'm I'm assuming it's the type of still that they use is a little slower than most.
0: Yeah, I wonder if it's like a maybe what it is is a really really tall still with a really really long neck. Yeah. And that gets you uh different cuts of the whiskey as a result.
1: Oh, that would make sense. Um and it's matured in sherry casks that are made <sighs> from European and American oak. I love Sherry Cassidy. And another really interesting thing is they have pairing suggestions for food on their site. Um, And with this, they suggest pairing banana loaf, curry, uh, or haggis.
0: I do like a good haggis pairing. That speaks to me.
1: Um, And you can see the, I mean, it's kind of exactly the same color as my last pairing. Yeah. Uh, And
0: deep gold, deep amber.
1: Yeah. And and this is a a pretty hot 58.7% ABV.
0: Well, we'll see how the, um, the Warfighter 556 Garrison stands up, but first we're going to take a break from one of our sponsors. This show is sponsored by Cigar Oasis. Don't spend all your time worrying about your cigar wrappers cracking, splitting, or falling apart from humidity fluctuation issues. Set it and forget it by choosing Cigar Oasis, a professional solution which provides equal distribution of humidity with precise electronic controls. Monitor your cigars to the internet using the smart humidor Wi-Fi attachment. Why don't you spend all your time enjoying your cigars and relaxing and let Cigar Oasis protect your cigars. Cigar Oasis has the solutions for any humidor. Make sure you set it and forget it today. You're tuned into to Shangar episode 120. I'm your host, John, the Cigar Surgeon, joined as always by my co-host Trippy Trent. We are broadcast live around the world and picked up in the Armed Forces Radio Network. Thanks to all our podcast listeners out there. We know you guys are stationed all over the world, maybe even on active duty. And uh, of course, we are pairing a uh, warfighter, white warfighter tobacco company, which is founded by uh, by us, none other than some. Uh, what do I mean to say, Trippy? Man, six it's been a long couple of weeks.
1: <laughs> founded by six <laughs> veterans from different branches in the military.
0: Active military veterans. Um, and this is, uh, this is a fantastic cigar. This is the 5.56, of course, named after the uh, 5.56 millimeter round, uh, which, you know, gets the job done when you need to get the job done. Oh,
1: it's uh, true, man.
0: And this is the Garrison. And uh, so far, so good. We've done uh, pairing with uh, Glenrothes. Now we've moved on to a second whiskey. And I really can't wrap my head around... This Tamdu, uh, it's it's big, man. This is um, anytime you get into that cask strength whiskey, I mean, it just takes your brain a while to adjust. This is this is a big whiskey. The scar's still going well, but uh, I don't know if my brain's going well or not. It's kind of got um, <laughs> it's kind of got like uh, like a little bit of uh, chlorophyll, like you know that kind of green plant note to it, mm-hmm. which is which is interesting. Underneath that, it's got a, a ton of citrus and vanilla. But I, I think the nose really kind of belies the the flavor strength because uh, when I take a sip of this, my my palate is just all over the place. I don't know what to make of it.
1: Uh, so the Glengoyne, it I mean, it's it's real hot and it definitely, like the description said, it's got a lot of like kind of peppery spice to it. Um, but then it's got like a sort of creamy fruity um, and a little bit of like caramel, like. I don't know. I want to call it like caramel dipped fruit kind of flavor is kind of the core. Um, but like you said, cask strength, it kind of – it takes your palate a little bit to adjust.
0: Now, I am finding that the um, the 5.56 Garrison is actually standing up to the whiskey. I was a little worried going, going this hot, uh, especially mm-hmm. blind because I don't know what the profile of the cigar is, that maybe it was going to run the cigar over, but I'm finding that's not the case. If anything, I think it's kind of pushing the cigar a little bit. Mm-hmm. Some of that toasted quality I was talking about uh, that I was kind of getting hints of, I think that's bringing a little bit more out of that. Uh, unfortunately, I'm losing a little bit of the chocolate. Uh, because I'm getting, a, I think we're having a, a, a similar tasting experience here. Mine is quite spicy. Like it's got that, and it wouldn't, I guess pep spice is the wrong word. Pepper is the word I'm looking yeah. for. It's got a little bit of that pepper quality. It doesn't finish pepper, it finishes sweet. So I do get more of the pepper out of the... Uh, garrison that I do get out of when I was with the Glenroth, I think because the sweetness of this Tamdu, this, uh, this Cadenhead is a little bit dialed down. Uh, it allows some of those spices from the cigar to come forward a little bit. I, I kind of take a couple more sips and st- like, again, I'm, I'm really struggling to, um, to get my palate adjusted because this is just, it's a monster whiskey. Even at 54, it's, it's big.
1: Yeah. And, and mine is kind of, it's, it's similar, but kind of the opposite. Similar, but different. Similar, uh, but different. It's, it's, it's definitely got that peppery kick, but then it's got a lot of sweetness. Um, and I feel like the sweetness is really bringing out the woodier notes in the cigar and, uh, kind of hiding the spice and the sweetness a little. Um, but I, I do get a lot of creaminess still out of the cigar.
0: So interestingly enough, we, and I think, I think we are having, uh, the second half of our whiskeys is very different because mine is more along the briny salty I'm starting now as my palate adjusts to get a lot more briny salty. And, and I don't know if you, you just kind of put it into my brain, inceptioned me there, um, but I am now getting, I don't think I'd call it raspberry. I'd call it like fresh strawberry.
1: Um, you know, I was thinking strawberry, but then I was thinking that can't be what I'm tasting mm-hmm. because I don't think I've ever tasted strawberry in a cigar. But I, I do feel like there's a little bit in there.
0: I mean, I don't know that I've ever tasted strawberry in a cigar before either. And I'm sure the people on the internets are going to make fun of me for it. But that, that, that sweetness, that fruity sweetness that is really specific to, uh, cause I think for me, raspberries have a little bit tartness to it and yeah. strawberries are devoid of the tartness. It's just, it's like, um, it's like, it's like I'm taking a puff and then someone waves a strawberry under my nose. So it's, it's fleeting. It's it only really there is. for a couple seconds. Um, but it's interesting. Uh I do get I again I think that saltiness brings out the pepper on the cigar, which I really enjoy. Uh the chocolate sadly is being pushed aside and I really, really like that part of the cigar. But now I'm getting that strawberry, which I absolutely wasn't getting in my first pairing. So uh a, a very different experience than the uh first whisker pairing of the night.
1: Yeah, I, I think that this one actually now that you mentioned it is really supercharging that kind of strawberry kind of flavor and it reminds me of less of like a fresh strawberry and more of like strawberries that you put in a pie Mm. that are, you know, stewed and sweetened.
0: Yeah. No, I, I, I think I'm, I think I'm right there with you. Um, and I am getting a little bit more of, um, a a lingering woodiness now, um, where that wood was kind of, again, I think the sweetness from the Glenrothes is really running that woodiness over. Um, that woodiness is kind of lingering a little bit and not again in a Drawing way. I just, it kind of finishes with uh, like a toasted oak and you get a little bit of that oaky, oaky flavor. It sits there for about 15 seconds and then kind of drops right off. Um, I, I love it when you go from a whiskey pairing that is just bringing totally different notes out of a cigar and then you, Try a different whiskey, and it's like a 180-degree turn. Yeah. Uh, completely different pairing experience. And you bring different different notes out of the cigar that you weren't necessarily getting into the first.
1: Yeah, and that's that's really kind of the case for trying pairings back-to-back like this mm. because it changes. the. Not only does the cigar change as you smoke it, but your perception of it changes because of the pairing. Mm. Um, and that's what makes a good pairing.
0: And like I said, I think what's nice is that I was worried this cask strength – was going to blow the cigar out. Cast strength is tough to predict. But in this case, mm-hmm. so far, so good. The five, 556 getting that oh. job done, as uh, Scott was saying. Uh, how are we doing for uh, comments, questions, feedback, emojis, or uh, just general uh, S talking?
1: Uh, <clears throat> Michael Kane, I'm assuming he's not the actor, but if he is, I love your work, Michael.
0: Absolutely.
1: Uh, uh, he says he, he got the uh, the sampler from Warfighter. Nice, and he says they pair they pair well with everything he's drank. He he drinks more old Scotch and Irish whiskey, uh, but Jefferson Aged at Sea was the best one that he's paired with any of the uh, the war fighters. And he says the fifty cal is is his favorite of the warfighters.
0: fighters. That's legit. <clears throat> when you when you absolutely just need to blow something up, you drop the fifty cal and just take everything out mm-hmm. and everything behind it.
1: Anti material.
0: They going. This is a good cigar, man. I'm really digging this. I, um, I, I mean this. I, I'm gonna take one more sip. I, I, I know we, we've kind of had a couple sips. I'm gonna take one more sip here before we get into our last pairing, um, because this is such a departure from the first, uh, pairing of the night. I just kind of wanna, kind of wanna get all I can get out, and we're gonna come back and uh, revisit these pairings and give them a rating, but uh, wanna, wanna stretch it out a little bit here. Yeah. So it's, it's just. It's so big. I mean, you know, I've talked at length about cask strength whiskeys and why I love cask strength whiskeys. And you don't have to drink your whiskey at cask strength. I know there's a lot of of discussion about watering, like uh, putting water in your whiskey or putting cubes in your whiskey. You drink your whiskey any way you like. I like my whiskey straight. I like my whiskey with no water, no ice. Although, truth be told, it's a little chilly out. As you can see, uh, that is not cigar smoke coming out of my nose and mouth.
1: Yeah, I noticed Uh, that
0: a Little, it's a little on the chilly side, but you know, for uh, for surgeon smoking, it's really not that bad because you know, it's not below freezing just yet. Um, yeah, man, it's uh, I could see this going well with a uh, porter, I could see this going really well with uh, with a bourbon, I could see this going really well. I mean, I think this is probably one of those cigars that's going to have a pretty wild, yeah. appe- uh, wide appeal
1: as far as pairing goes. I feel like this blend is really versatile,
0: mm-hmm. absolutely, mm. very good, very, very good. Um going to move on to the last pairing of the night. Um, now what's weird is I love grabbing a whiskey off my shelf that I've had a lot and going, okay, well, you know, I'll just go back to my show notes because, uh, I was working today quite late and I'll just kind of cheat and grab my show notes from a previous show and I couldn't find it, which is so weird. And I was like, well, I must have featured this distillery on a show. You know, we've had 120 shows, 119 shows. I must have featured this on the show before, but I have not. And this is uh, this is an oldie, literally, but a goodie. This is the Aberfeldy. And uh, Aberfeldy is not a, a distillery that I think gets a lot of love, maybe flies under the radar, uh, of course, because it is the farewell tour. I'm going very, very big tonight. A uh, little bit lower in the ABV, but this is a 21-year-old whiskey, go big or go home. Uh, A little bit about Aberfeldy, Uh, again, an old distillery established in 1898. I think they were actually built in 1896, didn't officially start distilling until 1896, located in Perthshire, which is a North Midland distillery. So they're just a little bit south of the Speyside region, um, owned and founded by John Dewar and Sons. And uh, there was some ownership changes. There was some, some history there. In 1917, they had to close. A little something, something about World War One. Uh, they decided that uh, whiskey grain was maybe a little bit more beneficial to give to troops. Not so much for the for the whiskey distillation. Totally understandable. Uh, resumed production in 1919, uh, and they changed hands and now are back with John Dewar and Sons, which is now uh, a division, a, a subdivision, if you will, of Bacardi. Um, their water source is the Patil Burn, which I don't know at all, but you know. For those who are whiskey hounds out there that like to know the, with the water source, there you go. They uh, produce, we're kind of going in declining order tonight. It, it's a modest amount of 3.5 million science liters, uh, which is 924,000 freedom gallons. Still reasonable amount. It's not a very small distillery. Um, this clocks in at 40% ABV. Uh, for those who care, it's bottle number A33954 or ALPHA. Three, three nine five, four, and they were aged entirely in ex bourbon oak casks. I'm gonna take some uh, noses, some sippies, and you can talk about your third and final pairing of the night trippy.
1: Uh, so my final pairing again, I don't have a bottle for this um, and and a very interesting thing is all three spirits are the exact same color. Uh, this one is not a scotch. This is Ron Kubai tenure. Uh, so this is. Ron Kubai is distilled by the same company that distills, uh, Havana club. And it was originally correct me if I'm wrong about anything here. It was originally made as a, uh, as a non-export product. So the only place you could really get it was in Cuba. And which is where I got my bottle about eight years ago, I think they started exporting it. Um, but of course this, this came directly from Cuba. Um, well, Directly from John, by way of Cuba. By way of Cuba. Uh, And they kind of describe it as the best that they have to offer, as far as Ron Kubai goes. Uh, It's the oldest expression they make, um, and it clocks in at 40% ABV. I don't know if there's anything I'm missing there about it, um, but that's all most of the details that I could find.
0: Yeah, I think the only thing I'd probably add is that... um, as I understand it, it's it's a vatting of industrial rum and agricultural rum. Okay. So you kind of get a little bit of both worlds. Um, when I go down to Cuba, I like, you know, I, I, I've got some shops that I visit. Some people I know there very well. And I got introduced by... Uh, introduced to this by a a good friend of mine down in Cuba. And uh, she said that, you know, if you really want something that's that you really haven't tried before, that's unique, that's it's unique and speaks to sort of the core of rum production in Cuba and isn't a mass produced type product, uh, go for the wrong combine. I, I had, I don't know, half a bottle. Uh, so by the time I had half a bottle, I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is pretty good. And of course, buying it down in Cuba, dirt cheap as far as rum goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah i I thought it was a really interesting rum, and uh you know, I like to pick up spirits in general that are not uh, not like anything else I've tasted and not like anything else in my collection,
1: yeah, and it's got kind of that it's got that classic Cuban rum character. The thing that I find with Cuban rum that I don't usually find with any other South American rum is the bitterness mm-hmm. uh Cuba really likes to balance their rum with a little bitterness, yeah. and it seems like most rums out there are are pretty sweet especially like the more mass market kind of stuff um and this is maybe a little bit more bitter than like the havana club seven that mm. i've got but but still the bitterness is kind of the unique thing to me uh as far as cuban rum goes
0: yeah i think that's a good way to put it i think that uh obviously the, there's a lot of care that goes into the uh design of the flare profile they're looking for and, and mm-hmm. i think you're right i think Uh, Other than Florida Canyon, and again, Florida Canyon to me kind of stands out as a unique rum product. Um, There are a lot of rums that are very, very sweet and like almost cloyingly sweet. And it's got its place. I like, you know, I like a rum like that. But when I'm going for a higher end rum, I want a more balanced experience i don't just want one note of flavor i want some complexity i want some balance and you know really for the most part i'm drinking rum and smoking cigars so for me it's (laughs) got it's got to be a good pairing uh it can't just be a rum on its own and i'm certainly not taking a wrong by 10 and mixing it into a drink as a as a filler so
1: yeah i i would not mix this um to me this is a a step below the selection of maestros but a couple steps above like the havana club 7
0: yeah, that makes sense. Um, so we do have a spot for our last sponsor, but we're not going to play the video because it is a little bit outdated. Uh, so our last sponsor of the night is Drew Estate. They good. Mm. If you are not a member of the Drew Diplomat app, go to the iTunes or Play Store, if you're a Google Google phone user, Android user. Uh, download the app. They've got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, they've got artwork. They've got giveaways constantly going. Uh, it's kind of a social media platform so you can share your uh, what you're smoking. There's a lot of different product on there. It doesn't, doesn't just contain the Drew Estate product, but also Hoya, Debonair. So there's a lot of different cigars. You can interact, comment on other people's mm-hmm. posts. A little bit like the Untapped app, but just for Drew Estate. Download that. You'll have a good time. Uh, unfortunately, I'm in Canada. Uh, we don't have as much freedom as the United States. So as a result, I can't install the app. Boo, Canadian government, boo. And uh, that's that's my little Drew Estate uh, plug for
1: the night. Well, and, and I've got another, like, uh, a piggyback off of that plug. Uh, we're kind of entering a gauntlet of Drew Estate cigar chats for the next couple weeks.
0: That's true. That's uh, a good so- segue.
1: This week, we have Jeff Boisiewicz tomorrow. Uh, he owns uh, Corona Cigar Company, and he's he's the guy behind FSG. He's the one who said, I need to figure out how to grow tobacco in Florida and turn it into cigars. And of course, Drew Estate helped him out with that. Jeff basically
0: um, hates money, really. Yeah.
1: I mean, growing tobacco in the U.S. is j- insanely expensive, and... Growing experimental tobacco in a place where tobacco hasn't been grown in a hundred years seems even crazier. But we'll uh, talk about
0: that more in detail tomorrow night on Cigar Chat, eight PM Eastern Standard. Get your questions in, get your comments in, and that
1: we are going to be, be giving enjoy. away some. Uh, I haven't seen exactly what the selections are, but we're going to be giving away some Subculture Studio stuff. What? Um, that uh, I expect, you know, some stuff with some FSG logos on it. Get your weasel on. So get your questions in. If you ask you a question, you can you you have a chance to win.
0: Tri- Trippy's going to be picking the winners, so uh, you know Trippy doesn't screw around. You got to get you yep. got to get some good questions in. None of, none of them lay down questions about. Oh Jeff, what's the best cigar you've ever smoked? Um, what would you pair the FSG? We want some. Uh, we want some hard hitting questions. You know, yeah. we don't uh, we don't we don't mess around here on Cigar Chat and Cigar Federation. So uh, getting back to our last pairing of the night uh Aberfeldy 21 I th- I think I might have misplaced uh, my my lineup here this Aberfeldy 21 I think maybe would have been better slotted into the second slot of the night it's a little bit more complex or or maybe intense is the word I'm looking for than the Glenrothes 1975 but it's a tough follow up to a cask strength whiskey that was uh that was a rookie whiskey move by surgeon tonight
1: yeah I uh I made the exact same mistake so I tried to go in order of sweetness mm-hmm. um which usually treats me pretty well, but when you're going from uh, 43 to 58 and then back to, all the way down to 40, um, the, I, I honestly could not taste the first couple sips of this Ron Kubay. Mm-hmm. Now, now I, my palate's back. I'm, I'm able to taste it. Um, but yeah, that was a rookie mistake.
0: Um, you'd think I wouldn't have been drinking whiskey for eight years. Um, so talking about this Albert Felde, 21, it's, it's right in line with what I would expect out of an ex-bourbon cask whiskey. Uh, it's got some nice stone fruit there that that's quite subtle. Uh, there's no saltiness to speak of. It's really just some subdued and complex sweetness. Um, I think I'd be getting a lot more out of this whiskey if it's paired second of the night instead of third of the night, so I think some of the nuances are a little, little bit being lost on me. Um, but we're back into the category, the classification of where I was with the first pairing of the night, where uh, just kind of reinforces to me that the whiskey is bringing flavors out of the cigar that the other whiskey was not and I'm back to getting that really nice cocoa uh with a little bit of a pepper finish, the woodiness that I was getting of the cigar. Can't taste it at all now. So it's really just uh chocolate and woodiness and that's those are great flavors. I'm 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 happy that if that, if that was all that this cigar offered. I'd be having a good time, and uh, obviously we've been talking about other flavors that have been coming out of the cigar as we get to – I think I'm pretty much at the halfway point here. How's your pairing experience going?
1: Um, I, I think this rum goes really well with the cigar. It cha- It really changes the profile of the cigar. It's r- There's almost no sweetness now, but there's a lot of creaminess, a, a lot of like powdered cocoa, and then uh, it kind of amps up the spice – what what little spices left at this point, uh it kind of amps it up a little bit. And I'm I'm getting kind of that black pepper, white pepper, red pepper flavor.
0: I think uh Michael hit the uh nail in the head when he was talking about Irish whiskey, because I think Irish whiskey would be a fantastic pairing with a cigar. Again, I I'm so. I'm really kind of blown away. Nicaraguan Corojo, um this is not what I've typically experienced out of a cigar blended with a Nicaraguan Corojo wrapper. Um it's subtle, it's nuanced, it's complex. It's not in your face. I would, I would really classify this as probably medium strength, medium plus body, just, yeah. a, just a wide range of flavors. Um, and obviously because of the strength level, I think uh, opens it up to a wide variety of pairings, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic.
1: Yeah. And a really interesting thing about this cigar is that even though it's kind of in the more medium profile, it's still got enough flavor and enough strength to stand up to a cask strength whiskey.
0: Yeah. Good point.
1: Which is really surprising.
0: It is because I mean, that's, that's always the trick, especially when you talk about a more full flavored beverage experience, whether it's a beer, whether it's a, uh, what do I mean to say? Whether it's a, uh, wow. No, I was thinking a, um, cocktail. There's the word I'm looking for. Ah, Okay. Boy, I could use 12 hours of sleep. Um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's going to stand up to, uh, you know, root beer would be really nice. a Dr. Pepper would be really nice. Even a, a really, you know, not in your face iced tea might be a really interesting pairing with a cigar. Um, so I think it, it's going to have a pretty broad appeal to people who want to pair with a variety of different beverages, both alcoholic and non-alcoholic. Um, and you're going to get a different pairing experience with, with the different beverages. I think a Dr. Pepper would probably bring out a lot more cocoa. And obviously because Dr. Pepper tends to be a little bit spicy, run over the spice. Um, good. I think every single pairing I've had tonight has been, uh, has been very good, not good, but very good, um, with some of them being excellent. So maybe, um, maybe what we can do trippy is just kind of go back over our pairings the night and, and recap. Um, yep. I started out the night with the Glenrothes 1975. I mean, how can you go wrong with a 30 year old whiskey? Just an, oh, and see, I love going back to the whiskey, you know, after it's sat and just, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, it tastes or smells like uh, like um, Christmas candy in it. You know that when you go to a jar or a bowl of Christmas candy and it's got that crazy amount of sweetness to it, I'm mm-hmm. getting a ton of that sweetness off the nose now. So layered, so complex. Um, and I think that's probably my favorite pairing of the night. Uh, not just because the whiskey was fantastic, but I think for me, it kind of showcased what the cigar has to offer with the powdered cocoa, with the different levels of spice, with a little bit of that toasted oak um probably my pairing of the night. I wanna I wanna say it's a ninety-three-94 pairing for me. This is something I would I would go back to time and time again. How was uh how was your first pairing?
1: Yeah, uh I, w- I would give the Glenn exactly um like 93, 94. It's really it just the flavors mesh so well with the cigar. And I notice now that I'm going back to it, a lot of oakiness um Mm. i'm i'm really getting some of that oak from the barrel aging that i i wasn't really tasting before
0: uh second bearing of the night for me uh we both went cask strength i went with an independent bottler caden head from tamdu it's the uh, Tamdu 24 monster just a monster monster whiskey uh big in my face uh I still liked it even though it was a substantial departure from my first and third whiskies of the night. I would still rate this a ninety ninety one. Um I think I preferred the first and third whiskies because I liked that powdered cocoa, but it isn't to say it's a bad pairing. It just took the cigar in a different, different way than I was expecting. But uh still a ninety ninety one, uh something I would absolutely go back to again.
1: Um, I would give give the Glenn Goyne uh eighty-eight, eighty nine. It's it's not quite as it doesn't pair quite as well as yours, but it's also a little bit hotter. Um, I think it's hot. I, I think the the heat in this uh, just having a cask strength is a little a little much for this cigar, even though the, the cigar really does stand up to it.
0: And the uh, last pairing of the night, which was a uh, pairing misstep by me, Aberfeldy 21, which uh, outstanding whiskey, but a little too subtle after going to a cask strength whiskey. For me, this is more of an 8889. Uh, again, kind of run over by the fact that I've got a 30 year old whiskey and a cask strength whiskey. It kind of ends up being the, uh, the ugly Betty of the night, even though it's a, it's a fantastic 21 uh, year old whiskey on its own rights. So I think if we had paired or I had paired the Saberfeldi uh, with a different showcase, it might end up in the low 90s, um, as it is with the current lineup. This is kind of an 8889, still bringing out some of that powdered cocoa, a little bit of that toasted oak quality out of the cigar. Not quite as good as Glen Roth this nineteen seventy five for me, but still very enjoyable.
1: And and for me the Ron Cubay, Ron Cubay rather, um, it's just a whiskey that or a a rum rather that goes really well with a cigar. I I feel like that kind of grassy bitterness of a Cuban rum just complements a cigar, even though it's still got that sweetness that most rums have. It's kind of offset by the bitterness, and it really brings out some of the, uh, creamier, uh, oakier, woodier flavors of the cigar. I would give that one a 92.
0: Well, then all a pretty good pairing night. If you ask me, yeah, not bad. Um, like you said, we got to make sure our audience tunes in tomorrow night to Cigar Chat at our regular time of 8 p.m. Eastern Standard. We've got Jeff Borschewitz, owner of Corona Cigar Company. Uh, if you've been to Florida, you must have been to Corona. Uh, I know I've been there a bunch of times. Oh, yeah. I know a lot of people go to Corona. Great, great, great uh, number of locations. All excellent uh, cigar offerings and excellent beverage offerings. If you like bourbon, if you like spirit, it's a great mm-hmm. place to hang out.
1: And the I'll the Orlando on. shop is like the Costco of yeah. cigar shops. it's, yeah, it's massive. It's stupid.
0: It's stupid, and all the delicious things that you come to expect out of a out of a B and M, they're all there. Uh, Jeff will be on tomorrow night. Make sure to get your questions in. As Trippy was saying earlier, we've got uh, some giveaways, so get your weasel on. We uh, we're not going to accept substandard questions, so uh, take some time, think about your questions. Uh, we'll try to get all of them tomorrow night. I suspect that tomorrow night's show is probably going to run a little bit longer. Because um, we've got a lot to talk about, oh, yeah. um, but as we say on sharing our pairings, first of all, thanks to all our Armed Forces Radio Network listeners wherever you're stationed in the world, uh, thanks so much for protecting our freedoms. Hope you guys have a great long weekend. As we kind of, uh, I was going to say as we head up to Thanksgiving, but of course it's only Canadian Thanksgiving. It's an American <laughs> Thanksgiving. I don't know what I'm thinking there. It's just in a couple of weeks here. But hope you all have a great weekend. Stay safe. Have a chance to have some rack time, some downtime. Enjoy a good cigar. Uh, stick around to all our live listeners. We're going to do a little bit of an uh, after dark segment here. Talk a little bit about my farewell tour. Uh, but as we said on Sharing Appearance, we do want you to drink better. Ugh, that flag out of the way. But we do want you to drink less. Such a such a weird weather environment here. It is fall. It is uh, chilly. It's not cold. It's just chilly. I don't have my jacket on because I'm not a baby. But uh, it's so funny that it's like in a low forty degrees freedom here, and then uh, next week it's going to be well, really in a couple days as I depart to do another store opening, it's going to be back up into the seventies, which uh, you know seventies in the fall. I'm I'm totally down with that.
1: Yeah, it's. It, I mean, you could smoke a Churchill in that kind of weather. It's uh-huh. nice. Absolutely. Yeah, um, it it's really interesting to me how i i mean i'm in the pacific northwest and our weather mirrors your weather but 10 degrees warmer
0: yeah yeah i mean it's re- really what it is is we're just we're in a weird weather um bowl if you will where we get uh the pacific northwest weather which is what we're getting next week where it's just, all of a sudden it's warm We get a westerly flow, which is a little bit cooler, um, a little bit. That's where some of this rain is coming from. And then, of course, uh, which we hate, we get that Arctic flow that comes down, which is where we go from 75 degrees down to like minus 10 in a 24-hour period. And that's minus 10 freedom for those paying attention out there. Which uh, I've done a I've done a few beer slurpy shows where we've had some cold weather and it's been uh, mm-hmm. it's been unpleasant. Not really the weather you want to be pairing beer in. That's probably where you want to go. Your hard liquors, your spirits, so they don't freeze on the show. Um, you want to go, go cast
1: strength and put you on like it.
0: That's right. Um, but it is my farewell tour. I am uh, I am I am I am I am saying farewell. But I'm not leaving. If that makes any sense. So. Uh, Kind of stepping away from my duties at Cigar Federation. Uh, I think I've been with Cigar Federation for like, God, I want to say four years. I think it's actually five years. I think it might be be coming up on five years. Uh, I think we
1: marked out. But an important thing for the listeners is that you're not going to be, you're not completely leaving high and dry. Right. Um, You'll be back for some pairing shows. You'll, you know, you'll be around
0: doing Uh, some guest spots.
1: Yeah, exactly. But you're no longer going to be the regular co-host. For the That's moment, right. I don't really have a regular co-host. Um, but, you know, I'll have some guest hosts coming up. We'll
0: uh, we'll do some some trialing, some interviews, some uh, trial by fires. Um, yeah. You know, throw people under the bus as we do on Cigar Federation. Um, I'll still be hanging out the uh, Cigar Federation chat. But really what it is, is uh, especially as I'm working... Uh, 70 hour work weeks uh, for those who maybe have paid not paid attention to uh, previous episodes of scar uh, chat and sharing our pairings. Um, I, I love the industry so much that I get into the industry and I'm uh, uh, the general manager for a franchise company that does uh, tobacco stores, tobacco retailers here in Canada. A,
1: a fairly large franchise.
0: It's reasonably large. We're uh, in process of opening our 17th and 18th store. And uh, for those who've never opened a cigar shop tobacco store in the past, uh, it's a lot of work, and uh unfortunately with that managing uh, eighteen locations is a lot of work and uh simply uh can't give the quality uh focus to cigar federation that I've done in the past um so you know unfortunately one gig pays me one gig does not pay me and uh ultimately you know the banks are pretty insistent upon getting their uh money every month for my uh for my mortgage
1: I know so. those jerks
0: yeah and they're like where's the monies have you delivered the monies when can we expect the monies and it's like you know boy i feel like this relationship is really just based on money and it's not really a friendship and the bank's like yeah that's that's pretty much entirely our relationship john is that yeah. uh we we want our money and and just give us our money on time so they're pretty insistent upon that
1: yeah that that tends to be like the uh the focus of banks they tend to be pretty focused on money unfortunately
0: kind of rude that way um so I don't know. I don't know what else we have to talk about in the after I segment. I mean, I, mean uh, I didn't watch the Chocolito fight. I just kind of saw the highlights. I haven't, I'm a, a, as I've been working seventy-hour work weeks, I am not caught up. It's kind of sad, but I'm not caught up on uh, cigar chats. So I've got uh, a couple back <laughs> episodes to catch up to. Um, so I didn't tune into the the Phil Zagy episode. Um,
1: and, and so does that mean you also didn't watch the Triple G Canelo fight?
0: I did not. No, I think oh I saw the. God, I, I think I saw some highlights. Um, it was all highlights. Was,
1: the entire fight highlights? was highlights. It was wow. thirty-six minutes of highlights. Wow. Or I guess is it forty-eight minutes? of hi- No, it's thirty-six. I don't know.
0: That sounds like that sounds like high-level math. And after uh, doing a store for an entire week, uh, my brain is not quite rested enough to do any kind of math. So uh, got no idea. I got um, the math
1: right here. It was thirty-six minutes of 36
0: highlights. Thirty-six minutes. So I'm I'm sure I'm going to catch the. Uh, the Cools Notes version of that on the internet and see what was what. Um, but if you haven't checked out the back episode of last week's Cigar Chat on our podcast, Podbean, uh, iTunes, all the other podcast catches in the world, you definitely want to check that out. And like Trippy said, we'll be uh, back tomorrow night with Cigar Chat with uh, Jeff Borshowitz. That'll be, uh, that'll be a good show for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm cool. really looking forward to talking to Jeff.
0: Yeah. It's always a good time. Jeff's Jeff's an interesting character. He's got a lot to talk about. I mean, we could talk for an hour just on Corona uh, Cigar Company, let alone uh, Florida Sun Grown and the insanity of trying to grow tobacco yeah. in a place that hasn't had it in 100 years. Warfighter, man. Good cigars. I can't wait to try some more of their product. Um, it's a really good cigar. I think if, if the rest of the cigars uh, live up to this, uh, I think people need to be running out and grabbing Warfighter right away. The sampler sounds like a good way to go. I love when companies offer samplers.
1: Yeah, they've actually got a couple of really cool samplers. I know they've got one that is like a uh, a travel humidor that comes with a bunch of cigars. Oh, uh, yeah.
0: I've seen the travel humidor on the website. It's super baller.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of like Pelican case style. Um, and then they've also got a couple of samplers that come with cutters and stuff for people who maybe uh, you know don't have all the accoutrements that go along with smoking.
0: Nice. Warfightertobacco.com. Check it out. I am. Uh, I'm gonna wrap up my cigar here, and then probably head inside because uh, I am starting to freeze out a little bit as the uh, weather starts. I think. I think we actually just dropped down to about 34 degrees because I can. Uh, I can see frost building up, which is uh, just delightful. Oh, that,
1: yeah, that's always great.
0: But we appreciate everyone who tuned in live to this episode of Sharing Our Prayers. We will have this episode on YouTube uh, earlier than we did last week. My bad. Um, but make sure to check out Cigar Chat tomorrow night live 8pm Eastern Standard get your questions in get your weasel on and as we stand share our praise we do want you to drink better we do want you to drink less